You're listening to South Bend Beat, produced by Alpha Dog Podcast. South Bend Beat. We have Todd Zeltwanger and Shelly Allwine. Todd is the director of fund development for Cultivate and has been since June of 2018. Uh, prior to Cultivate, he was VP of development for Intel College for over 10 years. He's worked in a variety of sales jobs that he'll touch on a little bit. Uh, Shelly's a little bit more recent to Cultivate. She helps with the sponsorship, um, volunteer opportunities, registration process, that kind of stuff. And we're going to get into a little bit of everything. You've probably seen Cultivate in the news. It made national news and what they've been doing. They're doing a lot to help food insecure children in our area. And we touch on all of it. And this episode, as usual, brought to you by Martin's Supermarkets. Martin's is also very active in the community. And you can learn more about that at martins-supermarkets.com and social at Martin's Markets. And this time of year when it's this cold, pop into the side door deli, get some soup. Uh, we went uh, as an office went and got sushi last week and the sushi was fantastic so make sure you check out Martin Supermarkets and enjoy this episode with Todd and Shelly of Cultivate here we go I'm here with Todd Zeltwanger and Shelly Allwine from Cultivate how we doing this morning hey we're doing good. good we're cold but we're here it's <laughs> it's definitely cold it is <laughs> It feels sub-zero out there. It and I, is. It, it was snowing. It looks like it might be holding off now, but it was snowing yeah. a little bit yet again. Are you good with the snow or do you get tired of the snow? I'm good for a week or so of it, and then I'm ready for spring. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for spring right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaving for Florida today, so I'm just, just for good a weekend, for I, I have to escape, so I can't. So I'm going to come back. I'm sure it's going to be just as bad, but... Well, At least for a I'm while. Mid thirties next week. Yeah. Mid thirties is going to feel tropic. It will. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get right into cultivate. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's start with both of your backgrounds. Um, and as you explain your backgrounds leading up to cultivate, then go into the history of cultivate. But are, are you both from here? Yes, I grew up in uh, Mishawaka. Went to Penn High School, okay. and uh, currently living in Marshall County. My wife and we have four children. Three grandchildren, and uh, have have had a number of positions in my career, and have been with uh, Cultivate now since uh, full time since January of 2020. Have you had any weird jobs or like odd jobs, micro style? You know, I don't know. I've I've done a number of things in healthcare, and at uh, a small college in Marshall County called Ancilla College. I did yeah. some development work there for them, and uh, some pretty standard jobs. Sold insurance and sold feed. So yeah, I. I've had a long uh, <laughs> jobs for smart people. I, yeah, I, I'm not as smart, so I had some weird ones, but okay. <laughs> I, I didn't always get offered those kind of jobs. How about you? Um, so let's see. For years, about uh, I've been a hairstylist for 10, 15 years now. I've had all kinds of jobs too, um, but my job before Cultivate, I was actually a um, 
supervisor for Con Selmer, mm -hmm. which that's in Elkhart, and they uh, make musical instruments. So that was a fun job. I've been here actually one year, and I love my job. So, yeah, it's fun. Can you give us some history and background on Cultivate? Yeah, sure can. It's an interesting uh, deal how it all started. And uh, there was a restaurant um, down in, uh, in Bremen, Indiana, that wasn't doing well. And our uh, two co-founders, Jim and Randy, were charged by the uh, owner of the restaurant to say, well, if we can't make it in the restaurant business, let's see what else we can do to bless people and but to use food to do it. And so they did started doing a little uh, uh, research and, and checking around to say, okay, we've got this restaurant facility here. So it was started, uh, what they started to do was to train um, students from the crossing. It's a school here in South Bend. It, uh, students that were interested in culinary and they were taking them down to the restaurant in Bremen, giving them some ready hands-on skills and that to learn um, you know, how to do things in a restaurant. And we're trying to upgrade that curriculum a bit. And they found out about a place in Indianapolis called Second Helpings. And they went down there the day after the Indianapolis 500 back in May of 2017. And so when they got down there, they were gonna to try to learn about their curriculum for culinary arts. And what they found out was they had this food rescue operation down there they knew nothing about before they went down there. And were so impressed by that, they came back and said, we can do this right here in South Bend. So in, uh, in the spring of 17, actually in July of 17 is, is when Cultivate started. Uh, when they got back to, the, to town, they started, uh, found a building, the old Madison Center Hospital here on Niles Avenue. That was a space that the Cultivate started in and uh, have a kitchen about 3,000 square feet there. And uh, Notre Dame found out about it. And, and one of our board members at the time said, hey, I think we could maybe talk to them. And they're looking for ways to not waste food and, and uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so they, they invited them to be a part of it. They started donating food right away. Uh, Nelson's over in Wakarusa started doing uh, uh, donating food as well. And that, that's kind of how it, it, it started. And because uh, down at Second Helpings, they rescue about 3 million pounds of food every year. When I say wow. rescue, that means keeping it from going into the landfill. Wow. Uh, prepared, unserved food that would have otherwise been thrown away and wasted. That's what they were rescuing. And that's what we started to do here uh, back in that time frame. And Cultivate's got some big time media attention, right? It has. Like, it's been featured on some big time it, media shows. And yeah, what's been interesting is um, as we got started, um, we were uh, not serving uh, the students in the backpack program right away at the beginning. We started serving area pantries and, and uh, agencies that were in need of meals. And so as the food was being put together, because um, we were not, and we had a founding donor, if you will, that kind of helped us get started, but we don't sell our meals. And so we said, well, okay, we got to find something to become, be sustainable mm -hmm. with here. Um, if we're not going to sell, that means donations, sponsorships, those kind of things from individuals, companies, foundations, churches, service clubs. Those are the kind of folks that donate to us now. But when uh, we got involved with Notre Dame, um, Coach Kelly, the football team, uh, Brian Kelly, found they, they had a foundation called Kelly Cares Foundation at the time. And they said, uh, we'd like to be involved with you and helping you with how to let's look at the nutrition for we know there's a lot of kids in the community that aren't eating not a lot of food at home on the weekends. 
how do we improve the backpack program? Because sometimes uh, most of the backpack programs consisted of shelf-stable foods, stuff in cans, boxes, and right. bags, and those kind of things. Maybe, you know, it's food, so it's better than nothing, but it wasn't as nutritious maybe as it could have been. So when we heard about that, they said, well, we'll, we'll provide some funding if you can come up with a way to do this. Well, Chef Randy, who's one of the co-founders, said, hey, that's been something I've been looking to do all along. And so to revolutionize the weekend backpack program in schools, and let's use rescued food to do it. And so they were all excited about it. And so they provided funding for these backpacks. They're insulated backpacks that are frozen meals come in. They're little three compartment trays, a protein, a vegetable, and a starch goes into our meals. We seal them up and then freeze them and then stick six of those in a backpack that a student could take home on the weekend. And so that's how it was born. Uh, we started out with Madison Steam Academy over here in South Bend. Uh, Deb Martin, the principal there of the school, when we met with her, because we wanted to do a pilot to see how this was going to work. You know, and so that's when this, this whole thing started and would have been uh, spring of 19 um, over that winter time. So we sat down with Deb and she said to us, she said, we said, we're going to do 100 students. We're going to measure the impact of our meals on these 100 students on their behavior, on their attendance, and on their academic performance. Let's see if we can make a difference. So we sat down with Deb, and she said, you know, we don't allow running in our schools except on Monday morning. And we said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, when our kids come off the bus, many of them run to the cafeteria for breakfast because they hadn't eaten all weekend. And boy, if that doesn't hit you between the eyes, you know, in this community, because I've never missed a meal. I don't know about you in your life. And so I don't know how to relate to that. So we went back on a following Monday or two after that and actually observed it and saw those kids run. And we said, we got to do something. So that's kind of how it, it started. We started providing those meals to those students. And then in Elkhart, um, there was a, a school there called Woodland Elementary who actually said, we'd like to do the same thing over here. So we did 20 students over there. And uh, one of the local media outlets came over and covered that as we launched the program there for 20 students and did an interview, and then they put it out on the wire, and it went viral. And so all of a sudden, on April 3rd, 2019, our lives changed because here we are, three or four people, you know, just trying to do the right thing for the right reasons, and all of a sudden we're getting calls from the Today Show, from USA Today, (laughs) from, you know, um, Rachel Ray, and and all these places wanting to know what we did. And uh, because we were, I think the thing that was intriguing was is that we were using some food from, from one of the schools over there that had excess food in the cafeteria there. And so as that was announced and people saw that, they go, wow, we're taking food from the school that would have maybe been thrown away because it was in excess, bringing it back to our facility in South Bend, putting meals together, and then sending it back to the school so the kids could take them home on weekends. So we had superintendents calling us from all over the country, other communities saying, hey, how did you do this? Can you help us get started too? And so we had on the CBS News website, I think there's about 12 million views of that interview. Wow. Uh, And and people were just, and so it was like, we didn't hardly know how to handle it. You know, we're popular all of a sudden. But uh, so ever since then, it's just, it's moving along and there's there's more I can talk about, but that's kind of the, the history of how it started. Awesome. And you mentioned the Kelly Cares uh, partnership. We had Pocky on to talk Kelly Cares, I think, oh, awesome. a year or so ago. Yeah. And they do a lot of good work. Yes. It's cool when local uh, you know, agencies team Absolutely. up to help out. Uh, can we talk food donors, sponsorship opportunities? I think, I think a fair amount of the listeners that are going to listen to this um, 
the natural thought they're going to have is how can I help? Um, Whether it's uh, hands on deck, whether it's financially, whatever you want to do. So let's start with sponsorship opportunities, food donors, and go from there. That sounds great. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Um, From a sponsorship standpoint, what we ask people to consider to help us is $35 a month sponsors a child's backpack for an entire school year. So that can provide six meals to them every weekend during a school year. And we ask for a 12-month commitment on that because in the summertime when they're not in school, that's when we're building our inventory of meals. So we're still providing that service. It's just not they're not in school yet. Now, do they so, typically pay that as one fee They can do what, a month? So 35 times 12 months is $420. Yeah. They could do a one-time payment or they could do a, just a recurring monthly cool. donation. Our website, cultivateculinary.com. Click the Donate Now button, and you can set it up either way. You can do a one-time gift or a, a regular awesome. a recurring monthly payment. So that helps us from an individual standpoint. There's also a corporate backpack sponsorship program. So for a company that might be listening, if they want to get involved, typically there we ask for 10 backpacks uh, sponsorship. Um, so at 420 each, that's 4,200, all the way up to 100 backpacks. So 10, 25, 50, or 100 are levels. So with that, you would get a number of benefits or perks at each level to give your company some publicity. Um, there's a truck sponsorship program where we, we're all over St. Joe, Elkhart, and Marshall County with our, with our big refrigerated truck. It's picking up food, delivering meals in those, in those three counties. So you could do um, your logo on the back of our truck for $200 a month or the side on, on either side of the truck at $500 a month. That's another way because we lease our vehicle. So we have expenses with that. So that would help us there. Those are the main uh, uh, financial sponsorship opportunities from a food donating, uh, donating uh, opportunity. If you're a restaurant, a catering business, um, or just uh, have food that you know of that's either prepared or it's prepared unserved food that we rescue. Now, because of the, with the pandemic that set in, our model has changed a bit. We're going mm-hmm. now from, we're getting a lot of unprepared food donated to us because the events are just are not happening yet. So that's food that we're getting in that we're having to cook in our kitchen over on Prairie Avenue where our facility is that goes into our meals. So it used to be 90% rescued food, 10% cooked food. Now it's completely the other way around. So, but uh, anybody that you know, is aware of, of, of food that way, we would have you talk to Chef Randy and work out the uh, um, uh, pickup logistics and delivery and all of that of, of food. So um, Shelly can talk about the volunteer piece that is the other way people yep. can help. Before we jump to that real yeah. quick, this always surprises a lot of people. I don't even know if you know the numbers, but there is right here in this city a good amount of kids that are food insecure. Yes. Right in our, our schools. Yes. Um, do you have any kind of numbers? I, I do. Okay. What yep. are those? Within the three counties, um, there are... 45,000 students in St. Joe, Elkhart, Marshall County, K through 12, that are on the free and reduced lunch program wow. in the school, meaning that you know, they're eating breakfast and lunch at the school Monday through Friday, and then oftentimes on the weekend, they have little to no food uh, at home. So we're trying to help. Right now, we're currently providing uh, 800 students with meals in the three counties. Our goal by next fall is to be to 1,000 students. So, again, as you know, as the numbers I just said, that's just scratching the surface of the need that's out there. So let's talk registration process, volunteer opportunities. Um, That's another way 
uh, people like to help. I know Tina with Advanced Imaging Solutions. I've, yes. I've seen them hands on deck over there They've getting everything wonderful. ready to go. Um, so what does that look like from an individual standpoint and from a corporate standpoint? Yeah, so right now um, we have about 100 volunteers through the week that come in to cultivate. So um, sometimes it's teams, sometimes it's just individual. Uh, so we have a sign-up on our website that you can just go hit the volunteer tab and it shows the schedule of when we food package or we blend meals. And um, so all you do is hit the volunteer tab and you can sign up. Um, so right now I have groups of eight, but if you want a bigger group, all you have to do is email me at shellyacultivateculinary.com and um, I, can, I can set up a larger group for you. Uh, but yeah, so. And if you say you have less than eight, say it's just you and someone else that wants to help out. Um, Do you put them into a group or is that different with COVID right now? Yeah. So usually right now it is amazing how many volunteers we are getting. Yeah. So as soon as I put the, the um, schedule out there, it fills up. So right now we are booking actually into April. So you oh, know, wow. we're having no problem with getting volunteers, which is cool. amazing. Speaking of COVID, wow. We're, we're creeping up on about a year, I guess, since everything. It is. Uh, March. Yeah. Yeah. Everything went down. Now, when that first happened, what what was the thought process initially? I mean, was it was it panic? Was it, what are we going to do? How's it going to look different? Like, I, I'm yeah. most interested right now with this question, like the first 48 hours after the world shut down. Yeah, good question. And I would say that our initial thought, Although I didn't really sense a lot of panic from our co-founders, but down deep in their gut, they were like, what are we going to do? Because our goal, what we do here, our mission is to rescue food. And that's what we put into our meals to get to the students. But if there's no events happening, where's the food going to come from, yep. right? So, but what happened was um, in April, early April, we started getting a lot of phone calls. So people knew enough about what we did that they were calling us and saying, hey, we're a restaurant, we're a school, we're a whatever. We've got all this food in our cooler that we, we're going to shut down. We can't use it. So mm -hmm. instead of us throwing it away, would you come get it? So we rescued just in the month of April alone about 100,000 pounds of food. Wow. That would have otherwise been thrown out and wasted. And so as we, so things just kept happening. I mean, it was incredible to see some of the partnerships that occurred and people that started to work together to say, how are we going to keep this thing going? I can talk later about this emergency food initiative group that still continues to meet via Zoom every Friday morning now to talk about ways to, to help each other out. But uh, I'll give you one example of a partnership that happened in the summer. I guess it was in May and June. I believe it was those two months. may have been a third month in there. But the Parks Department of the city, mm -hmm. their employees were furloughed as the parks were shut down. So, but we were in need uh, of, of volunteers, and so they reached out to us and said, hey, we can keep our people working if they can come to your facility, and we could, you know, crank out meals, Yeah. do two shifts a day, eight to noon, one to five, and, and have six to eight people each shift. And we were used to doing maybe 3,600 meals a week or so in production, or maybe a few more. When they came on board like that, for that, we were we were doing with the two shifts about fifteen thousand meals a week, wow. <laughs> and building up an inventory because we didn't know how long this thing was going to last. Yeah, and also we thought because Notre Dame and Stan's Food Service um, were two places that allowed us to store meals in their freezers. We had just moved into a new that our, our building there. We had a freezer, but it was filling up with the food that we were uh, having come in and the meals that we were putting together. 
And they said, hey, we'll give you space to store them in here. We have since expanded our freezer um, with the help of some foundations and other uh, donors that allowed us to expand. And so now we're starting to get those meals brought back to our, our facility. But, you know, it, it was, I guess to answer your question, I mean, it was, it was panic to start. But as things played out, we saw that, wow, this is, we're going to be okay. And people started to give to us mm-hmm. as they said, hey, you know, food's a pretty basic human need, right? And we know what you guys are doing. So we want to help you. So the food and the funding, you know, continued to be consistent. And uh, so we're, we're making it. And I, I think we're just, gonna, we're just going to be bigger and better as a result of it. And now, thankfully, kids pretty much getting back into school, swing of things, um, looking to stabilize a little bit. But there was obviously a lot of time where they weren't going into school. So what right. did that look like from the cultivate side of things? Yeah, we had to adjust with each school corporation within each county had a different delivery mechanism. You know, okay. initially, kind of how it worked, we would and in Marshall and Elkhart County. Just to let you know, we had um, locations there that kind of served as our distribution centers, where we would take our meals to them, and then their volunteers would pack the bags and then get them out to the schools for us. So we didn't have to drive to every single school every weekend. St. Joe County, where we're based, we were able to do that fine. And uh, so some schools were actually delivering the meals right to the students' home. They were ta- putting them on a bus That's and taking really cool. them and going to the front door and say, here you go, <laughs> kind of thing. And others were setting up in a parking lot of the school. We would take a big Gaylord, cardboard Gaylord filled with meals right to the parking lot. And there was an amount of time they would come and, and pick up the meals, usually six in a bag to get them through the weekend. Sometimes it was other days other than Fridays. You know, we would, there would be a need during the week. So we, we had to learn to be flexible and adjust our, you know, what we were used to to, to make it work for the kids because at the end of the day, it's about them, mm-hmm. you know, having meals and, and whatever, it, whatever it took. That's what, we, that's what we did and continue to do. You touched on it a little bit earlier, um, but I want to get into the emergency food initiative, yeah. uh, the pantry network, what can you tell us about that? You said so. You said you meet Friday yeah. mornings for the. Yeah, what happened food? there was back in March, um, our co-founder Jim had said to me, he says, you know, what do you think if we'd reach out to like the food bank and Real Services and Notre Dame and the city, and just see if we can't begin to partner? So we know we're heading into unknown, unchartered territory here, but let's not do it alone. Let's see if we can break down the silos. You know, everybody trying to solve the problem individually, and said, let's do, let's work together. So. It started out with just a few people, but it's grown now to where every Friday morning at 7.30, for about a half hour to an hour, there's 30 to 40 groups or individuals that represent, it's mainly right here in St. Joe County, uh, of uh, you know, Community Foundation, United Way, Notre Dame, the city, uh, like a, just a number of people that jump on a call, the school corporations to say, okay, you know, how'd the last week go? Even pantries. You know, they're jumping on saying, hey, I'm short of bread this week. You know, does anybody know of any out there kind of a thing? And so it was just a matter of just communicating and saying, hey, I can do this. You can store stuff here. And it was just neat to see how that thing grew and developed or or broke down barriers or people maybe that weren't used to working together were able to say, you know what? We can we can get a lot done if we if we work together and not care who gets the credit. Right. Right. And so that's that's been cool to see happen. And then the pantry network. Uh, what's happened there is we saw a gap that was in there with the smaller food pantries were not getting regular deliveries or they were always running low on the bread, the milk, the eggs, the 
you know, different things that their, their clients needed. And so with our network of people, with, with Chef Randy and others, knowing about the food that was out there in excess in the system through USDA, whatever it might be out there, we were getting that food in and then getting back, we, we developed a list of about 100 pantries in those three counties, said, okay, here's what we got this week. So an email would go out to them saying, what do you need? So we either they would either come pick it up or we would deliver it to them if it was a big enough order and we had multiple stops in that area. And so now what's, what's come about is we have now a full-time person that's going to serve as our food procurement person where they're going to be finding out where the extra food is out there and getting that brought in and then making the, there's a new, uh, some software that's being developed too so the pantries can, can, they can see, hey, here's what they have coming in this week. And now place my order. And now, so that, that's been another cool thing to see that's come about um, that we wouldn't have known about right. had this, the pandemic not set in and caused all this disruption. So right here in these three counties, you mentioned that, I mean, even at this point, scratching the surface, still have a long way to go. So being that you're focused on this area, have you seen this start to get replicated in other areas of the country? You know, not yet. Um, we've kind of... That's surprising. Well, I mean, it's because it's more work than somebody might think yeah. it is. You yeah. don't just kind of wake up one day and say, hey, I want to start a food rescue operation. And it is a lot of agencies and partnerships working together. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be, have good relationships with the health departments and, you know, making sure the last thing you want to do is make a food insecure person sick. Yep. So you got to be, you know, knowing when you're cooling things down properly and and when you're picking food up and all that stuff has to be worked out and, uh, you know, finding the food, I think, um, if Jim and Randy were here today, they would probably say, if, if you're going to start something like this, find the food first. Make sure you have that that resource out there. Get that Pretty in place. Pretty important part, yeah. And uh, yeah. sometimes the funding doesn't always happen, you know, right away like it nope. did for us because, like I said, we had a founding donor. And now, you know, we've been able to, to raise enough and find donations from enough other people that that person has been able to back off and, and uh, not, uh, you know, give like they once were. But... Um, so it, I, we've had people and I know in Fort Wayne, there's a group of folks that would like us to, <clears throat> you know, consider helping them get like another cultivate started over there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we've been so busy just trying to get our own thing, moving from one location to another, the pandemic needs, it's just hard to be able to respond and give them the attention that, that they need. So I, I, I can certainly see it happening down the road, other communities wanting to do this, you know, even in their own you know, outlying kind of, it's just hard when it's all just like here, if it's mm-hmm. too far away for them to, um, but it can be done. And uh, we just, but with this point, we don't know of anybody else that's, that's actually adopting and doing a frozen meal type of an operation. Which probably leads to a lot of that media attention because you are the only ones doing it. Yeah. 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 I guess it was, we didn't think it was rocket science, to be honest. You know, you're taking food from that's in excess and, you know, getting it back where volunteers come in and put a meal together and get it back to the people who need it. It's just a lot of logistical things to, mm-hmm. to work through to make it all happen. And uh, But it's been rewarding, I mean, to see you know, how far we've come in such a short amount of time and to see now that just in 2020 alone, we've rescued about 800,000 pounds of food. And all totaled within the three since almost four years in July, we're over, I think, about 1.2 million pounds. 
So the bulk of that was rescued just in 2020 alone. And uh, the number of meals, it's about a half a million of those uh, uh, in three and a half, four years that we've been able to get out into the community to help people. So it's been very satisfying for me personally to see, you know, that because uh, I, I knew nothing about food insecurity and, and missing meals, like I said earlier, didn't understand that. But as I see it now, and uh, for a variety of reasons, these, these, these students are food insecure and not, you know, trying to be judgmental or critical at all. It just happens in, in certain people's lives. And so we want to be a solution to the problem. Reduce food waste, help feed the food insecure, especially the, ch the, the, the children that there's younger ages. Our focus has been the elementary school ages. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that can't help it. You know, they can't go out and get a job and say, hey, I'm hungry and raise money and yep. help feed myself. So. And I think part of the genius of it and why it got so much media attention is most most ventures you see are linear to where you have a starting point and then an ending point. And yeah. whether it's selling B2B, B2C, that's yours is a little bit more circular, I guess, a 360 where you take it here and then here and then here and here. And then it ends up back, you know, where it needed yeah. to be. It's just a very creative way of doing it. And it's I yeah, I think it's very cool. We didn't have a roadmap. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that. And that's usually I mean, usually that's the best way about it. Yeah. But when you start to reach out and, and talk and partner with other people and they kind of see what you're doing. And they know somebody, hey, I think they would be interested in this. And it, every day I come to work, and I tell people this, is that I don't know who's going to call or who I'm going to get connected <laughs> to. I mean, we had a donation come in the other day. I got an email, probably the shortest email I've ever gotten. I had no idea this was coming. But the, the message basically said, please send them $25,000. <laughs> and I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so, this question's for both of you. Todd, we'll start with you. What's a typical day look like for you? You know, it, it's, uh, it's mo mo usually spent uh, with on the computer with uh, answering emails, making phone calls to uh, potential new donors. Okay. People that I hear about, uh, who I follow up. Like I mentioned, the groups of people that we get donations from, individual people. We have a database called Neon that we use that tracks all the donor information. Either people come in and volunteer and they give us their information or they heard about us and they make a gift, and they, they get entered into our system. Um, could be a foundation, could be a company, could be a church, could be a service club, whoever it is. So I'm constantly looking at that information to see, you know, who maybe they can do more. Maybe they want to get involved in a different way. But a lot of times it's, it's like calls or emails come into me that I need to respond to. Who else can we partner with? Hey, here's a new opportunity. So... You know, you just, again, have to be flexible. Um, your schedule might change. You might think you're going to have, you know, and it's been tough with COVID because, you know, people don't necessarily want to meet with you face-to-face. Yeah. -face. Yeah. So it's been more phone calls. It's been more email to try to make these connections with people, more Zoom meetings to talk to them. And uh, Are you over so Zoom yet? Are you over you Zoom? You know, it's, it's okay. I mean, now it's kind of like I'm used to it, so I don't know a lot of, you know, different, but... You know, I, yeah, I, I'm a handshaker. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I like to meet one-on-one -on -one with people, but I'm also I need to be sensitive to where they're comfortable yep. or not. Yep. And so, whatever that looks like, that's what I adjust to. What's a day look like for you, Shelly? A day looks like I am busy all day long. So when I first uh, start in the morning, I usually have a lead. So a big part of my job is delegating work. So I have about 15 leads right now. Um, and they lead groups of volunteers. Mm -hmm. So 
usually they're on the schedule. They come in. Um, if there's some kitchen help, which I didn't mention earlier, if anybody is interested in kitchen help, slicing and dicing vegetables, there is a sign up for that too. So, if so they that's c- separate from like the packaging? Yes. Yeah, they can come in and work in the kitchen from And they need no culinary experience? Uh, it would help if, you know, they just had a little, you know, knife skills, maybe okay. some cutting and chopping, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah. Um, you don't want me in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we usually get, have a, a group nine to noon. So somebody is leading that group. A lot of times I'll lead a group. Um, I like involvement with people too. Um, so zoom, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of zoom. I like to have contact with people. So I'll lead a group. Um, and answering emails usually through the day. And I'm also the special events uh, coordinator too. So right now we're planning our fundraiser. So busy with awesome. that. So Yeah. All right. And one more question before we get to some of the fun questions. Advice you would have for someone looking to make a difference. Um, and again, so most of our listeners are young professionals is probably the way I'd, I'd describe them. Um, if they're motivated by this and want to make a difference, whether it's in food insecurity or something else, do you have any baseline information uh, that you would give, uh, not information, mm-hmm. you know. Just advice, advice, not necessarily about what, what kind of experience do, should they get. Yeah, not necessarily on the cultivate side or even food insecurity side, just advice in general for them if they want to make a difference in their community. I would say, you know, be sensitive to the needs that are out there and mm-hmm. kind of maybe think creatively about a solution. Um, you know, Again, as, as we kind of came upon this, you know, we, we uh, I don't think necessarily thought about food rescue until we went down and saw what was happening in another place and come up here and all of a sudden start asking a few questions. Hey, there's needs right here in this area. So not be afraid to think outside the box about how can I meet a need that I know is in our community, you know, and, and who else can I talk to? Don't be afraid to network with people around you to say, Hey, there's a need in our community. Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And uh, dream, mm-hmm. I guess, is what I would say. Shelly, I would say if you had any extra time, you know, come and volunteer, make a difference, and help 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 us out. So, yeah, if you have some extra time, come on in and volunteer. All right, let's get to some. Uh, we're gonna round back, and we'll do some plugs to wrap up the episode. Before we awesome. do that, let's do. Uh, Let's do some answer the internet questions. Um, so I mentioned this before we started filming. Have you both seen Jurassic Park and Jumanji? I've not. You've not seen either either movie. No. Me either. Sorry. You've not. You've no. not seen Jurassic Park or Jumanji. Not. You know. Wow. I'm not a movie watcher, a, really. So Jumanji had yeah. two. There was an old one with Robin Williams, and then a okay. new one with The Rock. All right, no. so let, <coughs> sorry. I'll, I'll frame the question. I screwed it up for you there. Jurassic Park. <laughs> do you know the premise of Jurassic Park? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yeah. Yep. yep Would you rather yep, be yep. stuck on a world with dinosaurs everywhere? So, like, you go out here and there's T Rexes or wild animals everywhere, like I'm talking lions, tigers. Dinosaurs giraffes. for me. Yeah. I could outrun them, I think. Oh, I could like outrun a lion or a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't really know how to answer that question. I think probably dinosaurs, too. <laughs> Are either of you sports fans? Oh, yeah. Big time. Would you rather be able to watch every game up into the two-minute mark and then you have to turn it off, or every game from the two-minute mark until the end? The latter for me. Yeah. Okay. Same for me, too. I would yeah, miss it, would. but at the end, I want to know the result. Okay. Yeah. What's the longest car ride you've ever taken? 
longest car ride would be Florida for me. So Gulf Shores, Alabama. Yeah. So both yep. those, what part? Yeah. 20? 15 to 20. 15, then that yeah. 20, 20 down to Florida? St. Pete, yeah. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare for me. Okay. Medium rare. We have stuff in common. Have huh? you ever heard of medium plus? No. Okay. What's right. that? Uh, apparently, it's between medium rare and medium. Okay. But no, no one ever. <coughs> no one Next time I go out, I should ask for that yeah. see what happens. Huh? If you do, I tell people this all the time. If you do, please report back to me. Okay. Shoot me a text right. and let me know if medium they knew what, plus, you, what you were what talking about. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, let's throw the Martins question in here. Ask this to everybody. Have either of you ever been stuck on an elevator? No, I have not. Martin's has the best elevator. I have not. <laughs> no. Would you would you do okay if you got stuck? Or would you freak no, out? I, I, probably I would panic. be okay for a while. I guess if I had a phone, I could be in, in communication with somebody on the outside what if of the world. Th- what if the phone didn't work? Yeah, then I, box. I would uh, not be I'd all right. get claustrophobic yeah. and I'd have some trouble. Yeah, oh. me too. Um, <laughs> so you have an option one of these two things. $50,000 straight to your bank account right now, or you get half a million in pennies that you cannot convert and you cannot cash in. You have to spend them as pennies. Which one would you rather have? Uh, Former. <laughs> 50. 50. In the bank. Yeah, 50 in the bank. You know, you can't be like Kramer walking around with all the pennies just dropping them on, on counters. He's, no. He's kind of impatient. So yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. I want it now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's do two more. Um,. Would you rather have a personal chef, masseuse, or chauffeur? Mm, masseuse for me. Yeah? Yep. You know, I, 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 I don't mind driving, so I'd say the chef. Okay. And then the last one, let's do strangest thing you've ever eaten. Wow. Hmm. You I, ever I heard of Rocky think. Mountain Oysters? Oh, I have had that. Yes. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Because I, I don't know if I can even say it on here. You but can. I know what it is. Yeah, you say it. Yeah, it, you can say it's it. B-A-L-L-S. Right? It is balls. Oh, is right? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I have yeah. had that before. But they come, yeah, and they it's, come out looking like chicken strips, at least it, when I've had it. Was yours a sphere? Yeah, they were deep fried. Oh, yeah. I've never had it that way. Yeah. I've had it to where it's like. Crushed down and looks like a chicken. Oh strip. no, I had the sphere. What about gator? Have you had gator? <laughs> no, turtle though. I think I've had turtle. Yeah. Oh. Is, is turtle soup a thing? Am I making that up? Yes. No, I okay. think there is turtle soup. Turtle soup. soup? Yes. Yeah. So, sounds pretty yeah. good. All right, <laughs> let's wrap up with. Um, so anything didn't mention because this is yes. very important. So I, I got something. Can get I? some stuff that you didn't mention, yep. and then also uh, after that plug away so let people know website social media again okay. how they can help okay so let's kind of wrap up doing the information dump and make sure people have everything that they need shelly mentioned special events yeah we do two a year we do a golf outing and we do a uh, we call taste of hope are you a good golfer well i play <laughs> yeah. uh, good is probably not the word i'd use but uh anyhow i enjoy it so our golf outing uh, this year is on may 26th down at swan lake resort in plymouth okay they have two golf courses there, and uh, we have a maximum of 50 teams. And right now, we've had verbal commitments for 46 of those already. So there isn't a so lot of room tight. left. So but we, whole sponsorships, we can do those all day long, $250. Um, actually, today on our website, we have it's live now. If you go to cultivateculinary.com, 
you find the golf outing there, you can you can do an online uh, registration for a, a team or a, or a whole sponsorship, whatever it might be, and uh, we'll work with you on that. All those proceeds then go back to help us operate our program. In September, and this is the one that uh, we're just starting to plan for now, hopefully uh, by mid-September, people will be comfortable gathering again in groups, larger groups. So we're kind of walking before we run on this, but on September 16th is our uh, scheduled date for our Taste of Hope. Out on the island at the Century Center is the, is the venue. So being outside, I think people maybe would feel more comfortable by then mm-hmm. but gathering in a larger group. So that information will soon be on our website on how to you know, buy a table okay. of eight for that. That is all, would all be very helpful um, to us and help us do what we do. Um, and I mentioned earlier about the backpack sponsorship opportunities. Those are, um, are there by clicking the Donate Now button, do the $35 a month. If you're listening and you're a company, uh, own a company or involved there, the, you know, the corporate sponsorship, um, that would be just contacting me personally, and I can work with you on sending you the, the information there for a sponsorship. So, like I said, all of that goes to help us do what we do since we don't sell any meals and don't generate revenue. You've got to have your... You know, mm-hmm. your, your base of foundations and, and uh, supporters um, coming through on a regular basis. And so that's, uh, you know, if you want to do social media with your, with, you know, people listening with their uh, sphere of influence, their friends, their family. Because I go out and speak to a lot of groups just to make people aware of what we do. It's a church or a service club or a, a setting where I can just, you know, tell people what we do. Oftentimes then they'll go out and tell somebody else and, and that's how we build our base of donors. Awesome. All right. And again, once once more of the website. Cultivate Culinary. That's C-U-L-T-I-V-A-T-E-C-U-L-I-N-A-R-Y, cultivateculinary.com. And uh, look around and find information on volunteering as well as the sponsorships about our, our history and, and uh, just the things that uh, we've been able to do. And so uh, those that have been involved with us in the past, thank you. Uh, we, we appreciate each and every person who gives of their time, their talent, their treasure. And uh, if we can grow that, we can impact more than just those 1,000 students. We have a, a, a new building now. We can expand that. And that's what we want to do is mainly stay in St. Joe Elkhart and Marshall County and do all uh, help as many uh, food insecure people as we can. Awesome. Thank both of, thanks to both of you for coming in today. Thank you. Really Thank appreciate you for it. Thanks us. for what you're doing for the community. It's awesome. You're welcome. And uh, hopefully we get some traction on volunteers Everybody and donors I know. on this. First it might seem like a lot, but they all play and they roll. Put that on anything that I got and all I care about is my city, man. I can't say it enough. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down for my set. I give everybody a piece of this and I make do. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast.